I'm Stan Lee. I've been writing stories for the young generation for the past 30 years. During this time, I think I've learned a lot about what young people think. More importantly, I think I've learned a lot about what young people are. We're going to try to present a voice that somebody nah, will listen to. to the voice is needed. We hope it will be They be like, slow up, homie. You're talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. It's going down. We call it the G-Splash. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, welcome to another episode of G Splash. Hey, the G Splash podcast where we talk movies, comic books, the dope show, and all things pop culture. This is the dope show, and this is the only podcast on the internet that can't stop eating cheese and bread. Mm, I love cheese and bread. Or or bow tie festivals, whatever that means. Bow tie uh, festival from Johnny Carino's. Johnny Carino's, the bow tie festival. Johnny Carino's did not actually sponsor. Can you that claim a- that a place is sponsoring your podcast if they're not? Like, it's what's just, it hurting just, them if you say? Bro, I mean, if this is like you know, like a Nazi podcast, sure they probably don't want that. Well, but we're just a couple yeah. of cool guys. Talking about pop culture. So if we just say, like, brought to you by LG, and people are like, these guys are legit. LG sponsors them. I think that we're not doing a disservice anyway. LG wins. We win. Everybody wins. Yeah, except uh, we just basically create. The, we're free just giving publicity. free Yeah, free I see what you're saying there. Maybe they say, you guys, are. this is a ballsy move. We're going to give you money for being awesome. Yeah, see, that. then the, then when you go back to them and you're like, hey, uh, so we've been advertising for you for free, I think you should pay us now. They're like, no, we we don't. We're not paying you now in your advertising. Well, Why like, would well, we pay you any money? Get ready to take a hit in your sales, LG. Now, if Johnny Carino's wanted to give us a promo code, oh yeah, boom. Yeah, then- oh my god, that's amazing. A podcast where we're not saying like just use promo code G Splash. Where we're like, if they would like to give us a promo code, yeah, we would love to use it. <laughs> if you, Johnny Carinos, if you and if you would like, you can try this promo code. It may or may not work. Just G-splash. go eat it, Johnny Carinos. Nothing in it for you. Just get yeah. yourself some JCs. Back to the show. Back to the show. This again. This is G Splash. We already talked about podcast, blah, 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 blah. I'm your host, Bradley Baxter. This is my man, Chris Bucky Watts. Yeah. Say hello, Chris. Oh, hi. It's me the whole time that was talking about giant Carinos. Yeah. Long lost guy, Chris, is back on the show. We're, we're happy to have him back. Joe's been back. doing a great job subbing in for me. I had a lot going on oh, with yeah, house yeah. renovation. And he, he really killed it. I hope people enjoyed him. He was fun to have. And he's always welcome on the show. Good. Uh, props to you, Joe. Thank you so he's much. He's for- a dork like us. He yeah. He's in that Geek Splash crew. Geek Splash. My God, that's what the G stands for now. Anyway. I've been saying that for three years. <laughs> Shit. Well, I'm just hearing it today. Isn't it funny that we've actually been doing this show technically for three years? Yeah, that's insane. I was just thinking about the day, actually, because this is episode, what, 55, technically? But oh, see? That's we 55. Episode 55. One, yep. So we're, we've, 55. Been, we've been 55 episodes. That's 55 weeks we've done this. And that's not including breaks we've taken. Uh, back we have an entire first season that's lost. Not to mention um, not all the sideshows. Yeah, all the sideshows. This is very impressive what we've done because we keep showing up. A lot. Of, we're not famous yet, but a lot of people just you know they try it for a month or they do it for two months and they're like, ugh, I couldn't do it. It was too much work. And we're just like, ugh, it's a lot of work, but we gonna keep on doing it. Nah, we keep rocking. We keep air horn, air horn moment. There it is. Uh, all right, let's get into this shit. Enough with, with the glamorizing Stop ourselves. with all this stuff. Hit me with some news. Not nah, well, hold up. Before we get into the news, I'm going to do Damn a quick it. upcoming announcement. <laughs> <laughs> we got a dope show lined up today. We're talking uh, some news. We got some Pittsburgh Steelers news, some Ridley Scott news, 
some Marvel news, and some trailers on the way. But before we get into that, real quick, I just want to let everybody know we're going to be taking a short hiatus for Thanksgiving to spend some time to politic with our fams over yams and all that good shit. But we'll be back before the holidays for about four weeks, and then we'll take a two-week hiatus from then, and then hitting 2019 at the face and going ham the rest of the year until summertime. Um, lots of stuff on the way. We're working very hard here, and we appreciate all the listeners. So if you could take a moment um, of your time, if you haven't already, drop us a line in any of or a review, rather, in any of the podcast forms that you are listening to the show, whether it be Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple, all of them are out there. We're on all of them. Um, however you're listening to the show, take a second. That would be dope. We would we love everyone listening, and we want to say thank you for that. So, quick round of applause. Very, yes, thank you so much. For everyone that's listening to the show, we're all dorks, and we dork out together. Hey, but Chris, you know what time it is, right? It's gotta be news time now. Sweet Christmas. Fucking hey, this air. Uh, anyway. Many people ask us, why do you guys do sports? Well, we like sports, so we talk about sports. And this is a funny story about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the teammates have officially raided Le'Veon Bell's locker. The Steelers cleaned out Bell's locker on Wednesday, one day after his final deadline to report to practice before being disqualified from the season, came and went without an appearance from the veteran tailback. That meant anything left in his locker was up for grabs. It just, uh, and it wasn't just cleats that were going fast, although those were the popular item and a nice bonus for teams, hard work, practice, squad players. Some of Bell's leftover personal items got tossed into the mix and Bell refused to play under the franchise tag this fall, forfeiting $14.54 million ugh, in salary. It's oh a lot of God. money. He just left on. I couldn't. I mean, if someone has $20 on the table and they're like, hey, man, just keep it. I'm like, all right, all right no questions asked. Heck, but yeah. You're never going to see me throw a 20 on the table like, yeah, I'm cool. Like, no, that's a, like, no, I need that. I'm going to need that. $14 million just like, can you imagine, like. You're in a room that is just sitting on the table. And they're like, Chris, all we need you to do is X, Y, Z for this amount of money. And it's all cashed out later on the table. And you're just like, eh. This is a whole thing. And if you're not a fan of sports, like, yeah, he it was in the description there. But basically, Le'Veon Bell doesn't want to get the franchise tag, which it's a whole long process. I'm not going to get into Basically, you get paid the most as the average of all the players in your position. Whatever. He doesn't want that. He wants to be able to go and get some crazy big jillion dollar deal because he's an elite running back at some team and so he just stopped wasn't showing up for games wasn't showing up for anything holding out a lot of players hold out to get more money he just kept holding out until today and i, I can't believe it. he was losing like eight hundred thousand dollars a week that he was missing and now he just missed out on 14 million dollars but then yeah, again so you're like well a running back's career is short so what's 14 million dollars over the course of 50 years if he lives that it's like well it's still a lot more goddamn money than i have i'm pre- i'm pretty <laughs> sure this was guaranteed money too like it didn't matter if he guaranteed yeah he could have hurt his pinky and be like oh i can't play i can't play coach uh speaking of things that are broken and bringing it back why you do it i don't know uh gladiator 2 yeah, ridley what scott is up with this let's talk about it Ridley Scott is moving ahead with a Gladiator sequel. Deadline reported on Thursday. Ridley Scott, who directed the original film in 2000 with Russell Crowe, now that's almost 20 years ago, plans to assume the helm again. And Top Gun sequel, again another 50-year gap in sequels. (laughs) That screenwriter, Peter Craig, is tapped to pen the Gladiator 2 script, according to the entertainment site. The Scott-driven project is in the early, quote, early stages of development with Paramount negotiating negotiating to secure it. This was a great movie and probably Russell Crowe's best movie. No one knows if he's going to be in it, if there's going to be a glimpse of him or How? What. He's dead. Sorry if you haven't seen Gladiator. It's 20 years old. Um, Chris thinks it's movie magic, man. He maybe drank a potion that you didn't see in the first one. Mm, no, it's probably a Gladiator He's probably not spirit. He's probably not coming back, but it's a spiritual secret. It's probably about a different gladiator, like a gladiator in like Egypt or 
We just saw Persia. a dope. We just saw a dope gladiator movie in Thor Ragnarok. Chris, are you running out to see this movie? Um, I don't know. I, I my gut says no. You know what? This reminds me of a lot, a lot of, and I'm not equating these movies to being the same caliber gladiator, but gladiator and 300, in the sense that 302 was called 300 rise of something who i don't remember what it was called and it was 301 that, no it wasn't 301 I'm not i know i'm just kidding movies. it was a, all right got no, it but the co- no the comic is called 301 oh but, it is or 302 whatever but the movie was called whatever and that one was like about the same war but from the athenians point of view and like what they were doing and it like had references to leonidas and what he was up to right i feel like it has to be like this it has to be like that was Gladiator. This is Gladiator in a sense, but not Gladiator because not only is that twenty movie twenty years old, and the main character's dead, but oh wait, no, that's all of it. It's twenty years old and the character's dead. So Russell yeah, Crowe's gonna come back with a gray beard, going bald, fifty five pounds heavier, and just be Maximus Decimus Meridius. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I honestly just don't know what to think about this movie. Uh, the fact that they're putting it in the mix, I'm gonna toss it up. Is we'll see, I'll cross the line when it gets there. I probably more likely will go see it just to be like, I hated this movie, and I'll say it's <laughs> straight garbage. Straight you garbage. know what I'm talking about. Trash. Anyway, uh, speaking of movies that caught my eye, but I'm not really keen on, and I'm hoping Chris can film in the blanks. I feel like this movie's been a long time coming, and people have been wanting it a lot. Uh, Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. The trailer dropped. This was a movie talked about in the works, but it goes like this. Uh, Detective Pikachu follows a young man named Tim whose father has gone mysteriously missing. Tim pairs up with Pikachu, his dad's former partner, who also, quote, talks. The movie was inspired by the game of the same name, which also features Gruff. Well, I think one thing we got we got to mention right now is the fact that Pikachu is being voiced by Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. And he's killing it. The trailer is hilarious. This super realistic style that you may or may not end up mentioning after we cut it. Um, it's really cool to see <laughs> Pokemon in like a, in like a, just a, a very, you know, highly animated 3d way. I mean, it, it's, it's really impressive. Like it's very like, I don't know. The Pokemon remind me sort of like a gruffer Wreck-It Ralph type characters. You know, it's like you're seeing them and it looks like to me, I'm, and I'm saying this again, Pokemon was after my time. So I'm going to shit all over this. Um, but this looked like kind of like, uh, <laughs> Blade Runner. But a noir spin on it with Pokemon. Yes, I think that there is this like kind of Blade Runner. It's like a dark. You're in some sort of like a dark, Grand sweaty Tokyo, noir type Francisco movie, Tokyo yeah. or whatever. And like there's cage matches and certain Pokemon about it. Might, you know, what it actually reminds me of like a very dark version of Zootopia. You know, because there's obviously something going on with the Pokemon and like bad Pokemon and good Pokemon working for whoever. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting some good vibes from it. I think it's gonna be really weird, but I like that. When honestly. I've- in the last few years, if Ryan Reynolds has signed on to be a part of it, I trust him. Look, a lot of people are asking me about this movie. In fact, I just got text while we were talking about it. And the text was like, are you going to go see Detective Pikachu? Again, this was after my time. I never got into Pokemon. I never got into the Pokemon Go game that came out recently. What What does the detective part have to do with it? Well, it was a it was a, a game that they came out with. He, he's in, in Pokemon like lore and card stuff. He's not a detective, but it was like a game that came out where he was a detective, like he solved crimes and and stuff. It was just like a different way to look at the characters. And basically, they just took that and run with it to the point where, yeah, the dad and his partner, Pikachu, who's a freaking talking Pikachu that only the kid can understand because everybody else is hearing, hears him being like, Pika, Pika. Like, it's just like right. a fun, different kind of story, like almost like an else, an other world or else world line. Are you excited about this movie, Chris? I think it's cool, man. I, I like weird shit like this. I mean, it's you know what it reminds me of a lot? I say I feel like I say this a lot. You know what it reminds me of a lot? Uh, it reminds me of the same hype I kind of felt for the Lego movie. Something different, something kind of weird that I didn't necessarily ask for. But I'm watching, I'm kind of like, I got to know what that's about. Um, I'm, I got to say, I'm not looking forward to this movie. I'll Obviously, I'll go see it because I see everything. And I'll give it its due diligence. But I'm not. I'm not excited about this movie. <laughs> what a We're dick. Gonna see it. It's going to be... Hater. 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 I just got to hate this so much. 
<clears throat> I yeah, I, I have no good experiences with Pokemon, so I'll say that. Moving on to bigger and better and better things. Airborne. <laughs> what about the Toy Story 4 teaser we got, huh? Toy Story, we got a couple of them. They've had a couple of little teaser bites, haven't they, for us? Yeah, there's two of them. There's uh, the one Forky, and there's the one at the yeah, carnival. Uh, Key and Pill. Yeah. Which was actually pretty funny. Um, they imitate everybody in, in their own interpretation. It was pretty funny. I, I definitely enjoyed that. Obviously, we dropped the poster, the teaser poster. Oh, Toy Story. Even looking oh, yeah. at it made me cry. I was just like, <laughs> boom, we hit him. Toy Story 4 is the continuation of one of Pixar's most beloved franchise. And the first teaser for the film introduces a new character, Forky. Now, Forky is an adorable. He is a little cutie. Demented little spork outfitted with pipe cleaner, arms, and a cute, squingly face. It looked like a shank to me. Easily turn that thing into a shank, you know? Uh, oh, easily. It, of course. Easily. Very child-friendly. Well, I think everyone's that's what everyone's interest is, right? Like, oh, who sure. is this character? What? And, and we really don't know the, the plot of this movie yet. But we're all open arms and ready to see it. We've been waiting for it, right? Oh, yeah, we've been waiting for it. I, it's one thing, I, Actually, it's so funny. I just saw this article that was like something about Toy Story 4, the sequel that we never asked for, or something like that. I think Toy Story 3 ended so well, and I was so happy with it, but now I'm seeing these little things coming out, and what I, I just, I don't know. It's one of those things where I trust that they're doing it. This is their biggest franchise that started Pixar. I'm sure they're just pulling out all the stops, so maybe that's what will make it great, is the fact that we weren't expecting it, or that we didn't need it. Like, three could have been fine, but a four is either, it's either going to be like, wow, I'm really glad they made that, or like, eh. I don't think they need to make make that one. I still liked it, but that, I think it was fine with three. So I'm just kind of I, I think it's going to be great. I'm just curious to see where I land when I walk out of the film. You want to know my theory? What's your theory? They made this to regenerate the franchise because they just built the park. So you think because Toy Story Land's opening in Disney World. Uh, of that whole thing, like they're saying, hey, remember that trilogy we did that closed out? Let's start a new one, or at least do a fourth one, so we can generate more buzz. Yes, I, I think. Know. I think they just spent all this money building these parks to Toy Story Land in in their parks. You can't spice up. There's no better way to spice it up than with the movie. I think. Do I think that was like the number one agenda? No, but I think it's like, hey, we probably need one to go along with the movie. Same with all the like the Star Wars stuff. And the obviously the Marvel thing's gonna keep its own thing running, but well, Marvel yeah, I think it's getting ready to be popped up in California Adventure. They already got it all ready. The, the yeah, yeah, are up for Stark Industries. We, like, you're you're saying know, they're timing things up. This is a '90s franchise, and we're still we're still making movies. It's not like it's still like the Marvel universe. Still, it's still expanding. I think this is all part of the plan. I think the movie, yeah, let's make another one. Everybody wants it. It can't do anything like wrong. We're gonna also expand the park. Let's make sure we sync it up. We got the park out now. Everybody's joining it. Now let's regenerate it because when was the last one that came out? What year was that? Worth the Google. Uh, let's see. It, let's see if you get Google. it. Let's see if you get the correct year. What is the correct year? Chris, don't look it up. I'm not going to do it. Uh, what was the year for Toy Story 3? Uh, 2014. No, 2010. Almost a decade. What? Yeah. Jesus, me and my wife weren't even together then. Whoa, whoa. Got personal real quick. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I just so, like to time. Most of my life just exists in that point. That's what I'm saying. It's like almost a decade apart. Wow, that is showerking. So the first one's in 95. The next one's not till 99. And then the third one's not till 2010. So there's wow. definitely sp they definitely take their time with these movies. I know they're making something good. Yeah, it goes hand in hand and hand in hand and hand in hand. Speaking of things that everybody loves, though, we're going to keep it moving. Stranger Things 3 just wrapped and it got weird. Millie Bobby Brown spit some game on her social media uh, about how she was so sad to say goodbye. And it's got everybody confused as fuck because no. does that mean the show's over? Goodbye? Did, what does that mean? Did she die? Are we going to get season four? Is this the end of it? Nobody knows. It's mass hysteria. Everybody freaking mass out. Mass hysteria! Ah! Ah! Cats and dogs living together. Nobody knows. Um, 
but we all want to see season three. Apparently, you know that's obvious. Sure. But what do you think? Do you? What is your speculation on the matter? Do you think? You think season? You think season three is the last season? Do you think uh, Eleven dies? I'm gonna go with. I don't know. I no. I think that she's not gonna die. I think they're gonna make five seasons of the show. Uh, and I think that she's gonna be fine. I think she's either just stirring the pot or she's just saying, gonna miss you guys until we film again. See, that's the problem. We've talked about this on the show. That's the problem with shit like this, is like sometimes it's just meant to stir the pot. Is it part of the plan? Is it yeah, is that part that is that part of the publicity like, see, scheme? Like when they sit down to market this thing and say, Okay, you're gonna go and do this on this date. I feel like I keep <sighs> having the foil hat on my head because I'm like, Oh yeah, this is all part of the plan. Like I'm all, I'm like the conspiracy. No, I, seriously, I get, moves, I, I get but... my mind in that. Like, because the only reason I do that, especially for like the marketing and publicity side, the reason I do is that is we're because in it? yes, because I literally, yeah. if I was planning marketing or something like that, it is an idea that I would at least fence. I would be like, okay, listen, I need you to get me Millie Bobby Brown on the phone, and we got to ask her and make sure she's cool with this. But she's got to put out these posts with these pictures on this day because it's going to drum up so much publicity for us. People are going to be asking questions. They're going to be talking about it. It's going to be on podcasts. It's going to be on freaking news. Like it's going to be everywhere. Like, are you kidding me? That's basically by having them do that one thing, free publicity. But is it cheap? Yeah, it absolutely is. All right, that's all. I, that's my only thing. Is like, mm, it's cheap. That's what I don't like. I like the experience, the mark, like, wow me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't want to hear some gossip story about will, will she or will they, won't they? You know what I mean? Yeah, I hate right. That. Yeah, I'd the rather just be like, I want the real stuff. The real deal event. Speaking of things causing controversy, I was really excited about this next story. It kind of set in, and people started talking about it, and now I'm understanding of that. And this is going to be a very Thin line, so we won't talk too much about it. But my favorite rapper has teamed up with Marvel, or at least my favorite rapper's estate. Tupac and Marvel have connected to do a Black Panther collection for Foot Locker. Interesting. Um, On November 9th, Tupac secures estate and Marvel Comics announced that they would be merging both Tupac and Black Panther-themed aspects for the exclusive line for Pop by Foot Locker. Hmm. The nine-piece clothing line will include a long sleeve and short sleeve tees, snapbacks, and hoodies ranging from $25 to $50. Some pieces simply will just say Tupac and Black Panther, while others include Afro print and slogans such as Wakanda Forever and Until the End of Time. There's been wow. This has been kind of a, a debated topic because people are kind of like, don't see the correlation. Yeah, how do those and, things, two things tie together? And I feel like it's... The, I feel like it's the younger demographic who don't see the correlation, but there there definitely is one, and it's actually one that's been talked about for a long time. Tupac was born into that whole uh, Black Panther movement with his mother. He's oh, very he's very in that mix, and it's it all it's all rooted the same way. Very intriguing, but but there's a disconnect from that where. I, I don't think pe- people think Black Panther now they look at uh, the movie and Chadwick Boseman, not Tupac. Sure. So I understand right. the disconnect. Or how the and album that dropped already for the movie, you know, has had Kendrick Lamar and also Weekend West Coast. Oh, yeah. And all kinds of people on it. Like, it just seems very, it's just interesting. It's just interesting. I, I mean, I, I can see the correlation. You can make the ties, but hey, you know what? If it sells a product, go for it. There's definitely a correlation. Whether or not this is the time is right, maybe for this, but I kind of dig it. There's some cool stuff in it. I don't really have a dog in the fight for why people are upset about this, but um, I when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's dope! I'm excited about it." But I under again, I understand, and again, I don't have a dog in the fight. I get it. I hear both sides. I can make the correlation. I'm an older guy. I've been a Pac fan. I've been a Black Panther fan for a long time. So my views on this are very different from the 18-year-old, 16-year-old kid who just saw Black Panther and loves very the weekend. True. Very so, true. So I'm going to give that. I'm going to leave it at that. But speaking of Marvel, Chris, we got some crazy news. And this is going to be our main topic. So I'm going to hit that button now. Yep, yep, yep cool. Chris, we got some crazy news on Monday. Um, I got a lot of people. For some reason, people hit me up, text me up. 
We even talked on Monday, but we didn't talk about this, which is a very kind of surprising to me, but we didn't talk about it at all. Uh, but I wasn't I, I felt I felt a kind of way when yeah. when I got the news that Stanley had had passed. Yes, this is the first person in my life that I didn't feel sad. Interesting. Stanley was 95. Right. Had a heart of gold. Yep. And was on top of the world. And right. experienced, I think, I don't think there was much more that he could have done. His bucket list had to be checked off. That's a very interesting Multiple times thing over. To say so, I, yes. So my first initial reaction was like, call me morbid or whatever, like, oh, disrespectful, whatever. I don't, I don't really care what other people think. But my my hearing of the news, I was like, a standing ovation was like that. I can't imagine or think of another person more accomplished, more legendary, more worthy of that. Like I felt more like I was celebrating his life. I was applauding his life and what he has accomplished. No, absolutely. in that ninety five years, which was huge. There are so many different ways. Not a, not a mourning, but just of like. Uh, uh, when someone dies, there's so many different ways of, uh, I guess what I want to say is there's so many different kinds of death. And when someone's taken too early uh, because of sickness or because of accident or because of whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like, especially in that, so in the limelight like that, there's a sadness that goes along with that. When there's someone that's, you really enjoy, maybe they just died. Like, let's say for instance, Alan Rickman, like he just died a little bit younger than people thought he would. And people really loved him. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I totally understand what you're saying because Stan Lee, for me, like getting the news, I was like, oh man, that really sucks. But at the same time, like him and his wife were together for like 70 years. She just died like two and a half years ago. Then he's done all these great things. He had a really, he's had some ups and some downs. He had this really weird thing that just happened like a couple years ago or last year or whatever with like nurses and abuse I mean, and his la- being his washed last- away. I mean, and then it all his came back so that he was told to be yeah. great. He he saw his movie. He saw the comics that he built turn into these great movies, this huge franchise. Like, I agree with you where I'm like, the world definitely lost something. But if you got to go, you might as well go out 95 years with freaking a wife that loved that you love for all the for seventy of them with an empire that you've built considered a generally great guy with a heart of gold and build a company that is considered top grade and wonderful to work for like I, I totally know what you mean I'm sad that he's gone but I but I think he did everything he could do here on Earth yeah like I I saw some things where people were like um, gone too soon and this and that and I was like like gone too soon he's 95 95 like what did you want him to do losing someone a beloved person like Stan Lee is never a party but I think if in if you're gonna celebrate anyone's life and and the dope shit that he that anyone's done like Stan Lee's that guy and he's he's done one thing that is so rare among the human race which is such a positive attitude and outcome on like just be nice to people (laughs) like bottom line just be nice to people so yeah no it was it was kind of a a weird feeling for me i was getting these texts like and i couldn't tell i was almost like insulted but i couldn't tell if people were like like really thought i would be upset or right but they're like oh man like how are you like that must be so you must be i'm so sorry to hear about your loss and this and that and i was like i mean i mean yeah like I didn't know the guy personally. It, it oh, is yeah, sad, it wasn't but like, like it wasn't like my grandpa. Or I like, love the things this person built, but I mean, I he was a ninety-five-year-old guy. Like, it's yeah, this is my great-grandfather or my grandfather. He he's a great guy, an icon, and I feel good. It, it's sweet that right. people know that. I think what a cool thing to take away is like it's sweet to know that people know I, but you I couldn't, enough. I know what you're into and that that might be something right, that right, upset right. you or bother you. So but like, I'm, I'm not, sure there's a lot of people out there that were just like shaken by the news. I mean, you know what I mean, for sure, for sure. And and I'm I'm definitely focusing focusing this on myself and I, I see what I'm doing, but That's okay. I did I couldn't, I couldn't tell if people were saying that to me to like throw a jab at me or like they were sincere. It was cause it's all text messages. Right. And like, yes, not, it wasn't coming from like you or like my best inner circle. It was coming from like out, like people who I'm not necessarily the closest with. And so obviously they know I had a podcast. We talk comic book, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time I was like, I felt the kind of way because I'm like, no, I don't feel sad at all. Like I feel like, wow, like brought like the show like, came wow, to an end. That's and a way I'm to like, live. Bravo. That's a way to live a life. 
yo, man, you did it. Hats off to you. Like you, there's not, like I said, there's not much more I think he could have done. Right. But we wanted to take the time here on our show, show some tribute. And for those who may not necessarily, who listen to our show may not necessarily know the extent uh, of who Stanley really was. We all know he was involved in comic books and things like that, but he was born in 1922 and he was a legendary comic artist, obviously of Marvel. He was born to a Jew. uh, He was born to Jewish immigrants. And at first he started working for timely publication, which gradually, which gradually led him to be comics editor at the age of 18. When he was 40 years old, Lee decided on, uh, he wanted to give up and his better half, Joan, Urged him to create his dream characters. He's going off. Like, he might as well. Fuck it. He was like a, fuck it, let me just do this. Mm-hmm. After getting inspiration from his wife, Lee, along with Jack Kirby, late great Jack Kirby, another great historic person in comic book industry, mm-hmm. Huge. they designed the Fantastic Four in 1961. It's also kind of funny because this is a, maybe you did or did not know this, but, uh, his wife also thrashed his one of his typewriters mm-hmm. uh, that he came up with a bunch of characters on, and it was like a legendary. He later said, "Like if I'd have known that, I would have kept the parts and right. sold them on eBay." <laughs> but later, um, Timely Publications renamed their brand as Marvel, and then the golden age of comic books was on uh, to off to the races. Um, yeah. In his last year, which was very unfortunate, but in recent years, Stan went through regular checkups and he suffered from pneumonia. And according to news sources, he passed away because of it. So, real bummer. Yeah. Look, if we're talking about death, there's no real, I don't know. There's no, I mean, unless you're slipping away on morphine, there's I don't no know if happy there's like, way to be like, and right. guess what? He died. <laughs> what a party it was all the way to the finish line. Like, it's always going to be yeah. shitty getting old or dying or dying. I mean, the only thing is, like, I guess you could maybe say that if it was, like, they didn't see it coming. Like, if there's, like, I don't know, you get hit in the back of the head by an asteroid. I guess you were just, like, la, 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 boom, dead. Like, lights out. That's, uh, but I other mean, than that, like, yeah. it's never an easy thing to talk about. No, I mean, and there's no, like, I think everyone's going to have pneumonia. That, so. Pneumonia kills, look, like, a thousand percent of old people because they get old and their systems fail. And pneumonia is like, my turn. Like, it happens. I mean, look, it's seen her there and it's probably not the focus we need to be focusing on. But look, Stanley what lived a great life. He made, he impacted millions and millions of oh, people. Maybe He's, billions. I would, I would know what you're right, over Chris. the years. Add billions. it up, it's probably billions. billions. He served more people than McDonald's. Let's put it that way. Hey. I bet you could um, go anywhere in the world almost. I sound ignorant saying I don't, this, but almost anywhere in the world and show somebody up, like take a stuffed animal Spider-Man and be like, who is this? And I bet they would 100%. know. 100%. I think, I think there, he's created so much and he's created a world that now has so interactive now than oh, ever so before. Much. So Unreal. That's a great point too. It's not only what he created in itself, but also how that is spread and how the tendrils have not only impacted people. I mean, me and you are, are here doing this because we love comic books and sure 100%. There, would, there would be comic I mean, books without them, but we wouldn't have some of the coolest shit we love to talk about. There's no G splash without Stanley. Yeah. Hands down. Maybe the world doesn't even um, exist. We, maybe we lose world war two because there's no Stanley. I don't know. No, I mean, yeah, we could really dive deep in that. Uh, but Chris, <laughs> let's take a moment and let's, let's celebrate, um, celebrate Stan Lee in Hell the, yeah. in the, in the best way that we know how. Let's talk about some classic and favorite creations. Wow. That he has created. This list is extensive. It this is actually I condensed this list, but I this felt is like intimidatingly big. This list, you can look them all up online. They're all there, but the list that we put together is long. We'll we'll just speed through it. But um these are actually, I think, in alphabetical order. I meant to do it in Well, a look at timeline. you. Somebody knows how to read. Yeah. Grammar. <laughs> uh, but he he's responsible for characters like Ant-Man, Hank Pym. He did that in 1962. So the, the original Ant-Man, not Scott Lang, which we know as Paul Rudd, but Michael Douglas. Um, but the Avengers was... Uh, a group that he put together again with Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby is involved in a lot of this. Yeah, but they were they were freaking I'm, ride or die partners. 
I'm focusing more on on Stan's involvement here here on this round. So yes, I know that there's other people involved and maybe Stan didn't come up with everything, but he had a hand in these classic characters. Avengers. The Avengers original team, which a lot of people may not know this, was Ant-Man, the Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Um, Ant-Man became Giant-Man by issue number two, which is a quick turnaround. And then Captain America was discovered later in issue four and joined the group after they revived him from the ice, similar to the movie. Um, in yeah, 1966, Black Panther made his first appearance, but he wasn't always his own character he was actually in the first appearance of fantastic four 52 um we've got captain marvel now this was a interesting story and there's a deeper dive into it and i'll probably just maybe maybe we'll talk about right now but captain marvel was actually too similar to superman and so in 1967 there was actually is when he was created but there was actually uh court battles and things like this this character's kind of been through a ringer Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, multiple people before we even got to Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers is a is actually a more recent. I want to say oh, very 2000s. Recent, yeah. yeah, I've been doing a lot of work lately on some on a project and uh I've been dealing with Captain Marvel and learning the history in depth and it's it's very interesting to to see that she's, you know, Carol Danvers she's, still a, she's technically a new character. Is technically a, a new character in a lot of ways like her being integrated and then becoming Miss Marvel and then becoming Captain Marvel and kind of them moving away from Marvel. It, that's a whole thing and it's it's interesting to learn that there was, you know, controversy about the character when he came out. Yeah, so I think Carol Danvers um wasn't even in the mix until 2000. Carol Danvers made her first appearance in 1968 as Miss Marvel. Yeah, there you go. This is a story in itself. We could talk all day on that. We could talk all day on the this. history. We'll do, a, we'll do a Captain but Marvel Stan- closer to the movie release for sure. <laughs> but Stan Lee came up with Captain Marvel, who was very similar to Superman in 1967. Daredevil, 1964. Doctor Strange in 1963. And my favorite character, and I didn't know this until of late, Actually, Stan Lee's favorite character was Doctor Doom, who he created in 1962. Interesting, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. Like the same reason I like Doctor Doom was actually this his same explanation. So maybe I heard that subconsciously, and that's just how I ran with it. But I, it's taken. There's a lot of connecting dots with me and Doctor Doom that I haven't really explained much. Uh, Stan Lee flat out said like, Doctor Doom is a villain, yes, but. His his outlook isn't really uh, he wants power and all of that, but he wants to change the world, not necessarily evil reasons. Just he thinks he could do it better. It's wow, not, it's not too far off. Interesting. First family was dawned in 1961 as the Fantastic Four. And did you know, Chris, that this was Stan Lee's combat to Justice League? So to do the Justice League, he said, "Well, instead of a bunch of their heroes." I'm just going to do a family group of four. So uh, DC was killing it. They were the top dog. They had formed Justice League. Uh, Stan Lee was like, fuck it. I don't I'm I'm going to try this. If this works, cool. Otherwise, I'm out. Peace. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Came up with Fantastic Four and it worked. Didn't he originally like junk the idea almost too? He's like, I'm not going to push it forward. Yeah, his his wife was like, no, was like you got to put too much it. work in this. Just fucking go turn it just in. We talked about it. this before. And so he yeah. did, and he turned it in, and kabingo, kabango. And now that's we how got, you make a billion dollars. And now we got everything. Now we got Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. That's how that that stems all from that. So don't get it twisted. Um, wow. 1963, we saw Nick Fury come in the mix. I love that you put white version. It's the white version. Many people <laughs> may not Nick know Fury. this. This is also an interesting story. Uh, the original character, Nick Fury, was a white dude, had some gray hair. Looked like David Hasselhoff with an eye patch. David Hasselhoff actually ended up playing him yep. in a Nick Fury movie, which not a lot of people know about. But then uh, Marvel decided to split up universes, and then they flipped the script and designed this character after Samuel L. Jackson. They did a There's a, a storyline that I've read where, like, the ultimate Nick Fury was dressing up as the white Nick Fury. Like it was, it kind of got weird and confusing for a hot second. <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, it was interesting. It was always, it it was was always interesting move. Like that's how you can see how like the cinematic universe can impact uh, everything else because like you have the ultimate universe of comic books where you have Black Nick Fury and he looks just dead on like Samuel L. Jackson, and then you have the white version of Nick Fury who's Hasselhoff, and then the movies come along and they go with Samuel L. Jackson, and then when the Ultimates in the comics when the Ultimate Universe is closed down. That Nick Fury is the one that transfers over to the comic books now and takes the place of the white Nick Fury. So it's like, right, not I, a lot because of people not, know about him. and not because of like, I mean, you could say it's because of certain popularity, but I mean, yeah, it's like the popularity of it's the movie, culture. the movies, and the pop culture. How that worked into it, they just said, hey, and and also you know wanting to make more char- a, a more diverse. diverse cast of of characters, it made sense. And he was a cooler Nick Fury than some old Yo. Vietnam War. 100%. guy with an eye patch who like went on space 100%. missions it was way cooler for it to be like a guy who was more down to earth and kind of like a heavy hitter it, it, it just I'm gonna it was put awesome it, i'm gonna put it like this would you rather a nick fury who's like drunk eating a cheeseburger on the five he filming me or you want this motherfucking plane with snakes oh. on his you want that guy you want 100%. that guy running the shield being 100%. a badass 100 percent um so excited yeah so the actually what may a lot of people what people may not know what is, may a lot of people i'm eating a cheeseburger what are you gonna do they're gonna tell you filming me is that what you're doing um back to the back to the back to the back 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 what people may not know is hate. a lot of the mcu stuff is based off the ultimate universe in marvel the major i mean i would say the majority of it is the stories mm-hmm. the ultimate brought forward which is hilarious in some ways since that was the comic that was the side that got shut down in the comic world, but uh, well, and it, it just it, it was basically their attempt at, in some ways, I would say it's was a successful version of the new Fifty Two for DC, where they basically said we right. need hipper, fresher versions of our characters, but we don't want to restart everything that we've done. So let's make this right. thing called Ultimate, and then we can make newer, fresher stories with younger characters or switch things up. But we we don't have to lose the fact that we're on Spider Man Seven Hundred Ninety. We can say, hey, let's go and do Spider-Man 1, but it's Ultimates. And then sure as shit, yeah. the movies were the ones, pe- people when they got to the movies, they were like, oh, hell yeah, I love well, this because, one. It's newer and fresher. Yeah, it's because they, they definitely adapted to the times and when they did the Ultimates and they kind of they refreshed everybody, which was good because they regenerated themselves. They were able to spark movies and boom, here we are, tw- 10 years in the making and we're, we're, we fiend for the next film. So yeah, it's amazing. All stemming from this. All stemming from this, Stan Lee. Uh, Galactus, which I can't wait till he's on in the MCU, uh, who's the biggest, biggest character, I yeah, think, he's in the Marvel Universe. Eats planets, feeds on planets, uh, mostly in the, I don't know if it's maybe just because of the rights, but uh, he was formed in 1966, but it more tied to Fantastic Four? Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. Okay. Um, tied Hulk, to Fantastic Four, for sure. Hulk was a re, uh, was introduced in 1962, the Bruce Banner version. Uh, the funny story behind this was that he was supposed to be gray. Uh, the printing system couldn't get it together, and so they made him green. And then that I think issue two, he was green. They're like, "Fuck, uh, all right, he's green." Like, Is no, that a true story? no, no. Yeah, look, Google it. I uh, honest to yeah. God, I did not. I thought that they went with gray because I thought it was the other way around. I thought he was originally supposed to be green, but because of but then like it printed gray and they were like, ah, oh, fuck it. But it makes more sense, actually, because he's supposed to be like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And he was supposed to have kind of like a scientist Victorian style look. So the fact that he'd be gray makes more sense. And then it was an accidental thing that made him green. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So he was a, what I read. Um. Originally, Stanley wanted the Hulk to be gray, but due to ink problems, Hulk's color was right. changed to green. Originally, the night is when, originally, the night is when Bruce Banner becomes a gray Hulk and changes back at by dawn. The later comics, willpower or stress, would have Robert Bruce Banner turn into the gray Hulk. Boom! Wow! How fucking weird! Weird. Uh. Also, this is how creative this per- this guy made a universe full of people with so much with so much history and there's so much been history. Years Rich, of history like so much richness but, so much I mean, richness talking about talking rich imagine adding or just like with each of these characters it's not just them 
it's the foundation he laid so that we can have right. the characters we have say because sure he made whatever hulk in 62 and he didn't have all of the stuff that was about the incredible hulk like knocked down like but he gave no, such he, good he, foundations he, for these characters that they yep. literally are what they are today and it all goes back there are of the major characters he made none of these have been retconned like iron man is still a billionaire who got the iron suit juggernaut is still like doctor strange they're like they're all the same damn characters that he originally created we've just built history on top of them it wasn't like they said hey we got the he's got this guy named daredevil and he can't smell uh he can't smell anything but he's got super smell because of a chemical accident so he can smell things and they were like well instead let's just make him blind like no this dude had it down from day dot and they all had uh an agenda and, and I'm they not stuck saying to everything. that court. Yes, and I'm not saying obviously that in case somebody out there's like, well, they weren't all home runs. Like, of course, I'm sure no. at some point he had no. freaking Slim Jim Dan who bombed out. But of the ones that that hit home, they were fucking grand salamis. I mean, he did have he did come up with Stripperella, which obviously didn't work out very well. Hot. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so hot with uh, Pamela Anderson. Um, but Iron Man came about. Like Chris said, uh, in 1968, and actually Stan Lee wanted to create a character that everybody hated, but he his whole agenda was like, I'm going to shove this character down your throat. Now, let's be clear. Iron Man was not a A-list character nope. until a recent. Until, I, I would say at least he's not an A-list character until the movie came out. And I, I mean, he's obviously been very... He's a um, B character. I, I would say so. I would agree with that. I mean, and there are out there, there are certain comic lines before where that's not true. I mean, he went through that whole phase in the eighties. He was part of that whole thing where he was, you know, battled alcoholism yep. and that was kind of the big thing they did. It got him to prominence, but I would honestly say that he's very similar before to like a green arrow type character where people Ooh. enjoyed Iron Man a lot. And he had right. the, in that whole time in that same eighties, he had struggles. He's always been relevant. The suits been thing, but yeah, he was always just kind of, part of the avengers and you know people really like the thor with the magic and the hammer people liked captain america because of you know obviously american shit but like i would say it's it's just in the past you know whatever you said since i uh, maybe 10 years. 20, maybe 20 years ten, maybe no 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 10 years okay 10 years yeah i guess 10 years 10 12 years that he's become more of an integrated part of it and become a really a lead character people love Right, because he sold off to all the rights in the '90s, and obviously we got some shitty movies. And but we, because of those shitty movies, we got this great ten-year run of twenty films that are all great. Very well, true. More great than not. Uh, other classic villains like Juggernaut, nineteen sixty-five, Kingpin, nineteen sixty-three, Doc Ock, nineteen sixty-three, and of course the most beloved comic book character of all the characters ever created, most popular. Very true. Spider-Man. 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 I want to hit the air horn, but Chris, I'm going to... I'm gonna Thank you. Thank you for the, not the hit break the from it. Let's uh, hit this I, one. Spider-Man. Just play the 90s theme song from the cartoon. Spider-Man. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you remember this, but in our season zero, I did rap over... Oh, yeah. I, when Spider -Man, I do remember Spider-Man came over. We originally awesome. had... We had a theme song. Our one of the first G Splash theme songs was over Spider Man, Timbaland. Oh, that was beat. awesome. I don't even remember what I said, but I was we were talking Spider Man. I think I I don't even think I have it anymore. Boom. Anyway, uh Thor came a year later in nineteen sixty three, and also in nineteen sixty three came the X Men. Ugh. Now he the had original a great run. The six the early sixties were good to him. Oh, go yeah, man. We it's golden era. Um, nineteen sixty three. He put together this for uh this group known as the X Men who were battling something which was reflective to reality in the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. Um, he put together a team of mutants and made them deal with everyday life and being accepted by humanity. Yeah, very good stuff. Um, which was very under the radar but everybody could you know relate to that but the original team consisted of cyclops marvel girl who later became gene gray am i correct 
Yes. Beast, she, Angel, yeah. and Iceman. And the original uh, villains consisted of Classic, Magneto, yeah. and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Mastermind, Quicksilver, and of course, Scarlet Witch, and the Toad. Yo, Toad... Toad, I feel like Toad gets pulled gets into a, bad, a lot of shit. A, yeah, he gets a bad just rap, because of that. But he, that's no, but he's like, uh, like he, he, it's like you can't, you can't have the X Men without like you got to because just he was there in the there. beginning. They're like, all right, yeah. but then if that's the case, where the fuck is Mastermind? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's masterminded everybody out of. I don't know. I was gonna. There's a joke there somewhere, <laughs> but I just can't land it. <laughs> but it can't um, land. Look, he's created so many characters. Obviously, those that is a small handful, and there's so much loaded in that handful. Um, we, you got to give it up to to that man. Um, Absolutely, creating such a I universe. I don't think in any other industry you'll you'll hear about or or see people talk about their competitor. Sweet Christmas, like DC talks about uh, Stan Lee. No, it's like no, it's the most no. friend like in the business world, right? Like, there's obviously multiple moving parts, but um, DC has never trashed Stan Lee. In fact, he was he's made cameos in some of their films, and most lately was the Teen Titans uh, go to the movies film, which is really good as a splash. I liked it. Yes, the Stan Stanley is in that. Yeah. Um. But before we get on, like, I guess he apparently was creating one more character. Like, I don't know, I shouldn't say one more, but he was creating another character as of late called Dirtman. Okay, I don't know yeah, what's going to. I don't know what that is. He was creating it with his daughter. I don't know if too much about it or if they'll ever see the light of day. But till, sure till his will. dying day, he was still trying to he create. He was still creating new cool creating shit for stuff. us. I That's, love that. I don't think as a creator myself. I don't like I can't sit back and be sad like I can only applaud somebody like to create until death like putting his name out he could have he could have quit years ago he could have hung it up a long time ago and even when it got tough he could have still he he even I think Marvel on the whole I shouldn't say him but like Marvel tried to hang it up slightly they tried to hang on as much as they could which causes the the licensing stuff but Still found a way, man, and still didn't stop. He still created after that and still inspired people to create after that. Unbelievable. So, it's so cool. Chris, do you have a favorite did you know about Stan Lee's story? Well, you tell I saw this. What does this mean exactly? You go first, and then I'll know what you mean. This is this is might not be known by a lot of people. And um I've kind of not talked about this very much, but Stan Lee actually tried to get uh try to bring Power Rangers to America. Interesting. First. So it's like a fun fact about him. Yeah, yeah. This is okay. not a lot of people know this, but um Stan Lee worked with I forget her name now. Um I think it's Laura something or other. He found Super Sentai or Sentai, whatever it's called. Someone showed him the Japanese. He thought it was so fun and so unique, he tried to bring it over to Marvel. because uh, he had done a deal to put Spider-Man and they did this exchange of character licensing. So uh, what Stanley tried to do was bring those characters over here while that like that was the deal. It wasn't like a money deal. It was like you will trade characters for characters. It didn't work out because this was like early, like late 80s. Maybe 70s. Like it's in that era. It's before the 90s. But um, time goes on. It didn't work out. I believe there's a Japanese Spider-Man show, which ended up doing whatever it did. Uh, but she ends up leaving Marvel and goes to Fox. Now, Fox is in this whole develop. I, I think it was at the start of Fox. So Robert Murdoch had just like okay. kind of put this shit together. And Fox Kids, so they were putting together the Saturday morning stuff. But that was kind of working out. And they wanted to do something before and after school. And so uh, Saban... Got the rights to all of it. Uh, he went to some business trip in Japan and had happened to see it. Bought all the rights. He goes back to Fox and he's trying to pitch shows. And they're like, we need something for the boys. Because I think everybody else was going aimed at, at the girls hmm. in this market. And so, so I guess Saban is like, 
I think I got something for you. Now, keep in mind, like, Laura has already seen Super Sentai mm-hmm. and, and all the Power Rangers shit already because she, because her and Stan Lee were like, yes, this is good. Like, this is funny. They were like, this is funny. This will be fun for kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. I guess she goes into this meeting with, with Saban and he's got like a stack of videos that they're plugging in stuff. She breaks it down to him and he's like, I got something for you. And he runs out to the car to grab this one other videotape, plays it for her. She starts laughing. She's like, this is it. That's the start of Power Rangers in the early 90s being brought to Fox and them figuring wow. it out. But she was like, her, her and Stan Lee had already talked about bringing this to fruition. And they just couldn't. Not everybody was signed up for it. So it took her going to Fox. She greenlit, like, I think X-Men and Spider-Man, and then Power Rangers. So Stan Lee, if Stan Lee never sees it, doesn't come here. But they ended up doing a comic book deal later down the line, obviously, but it got big. Power Ranger comics are Marvel, for sure. Wow, I cannot. That is so crazy. What a different, interesting path things would have taken if they had gone forward with it. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, I mean, who knows what if it would have done the same thing. I think there was a different... because there's so many different seasons of that show and the different models, I don't, I don't think it was exactly the same, but it was fami- He was familiar with that, and they tried to put it together with that series. And I, who knows what the details were with the? Who knows what that would look like? I mean, I wow, I, I would love but to travel to the universe next door where that happened. Be a fly on that wall, huh? I got a quick one um, that I remember that I had written down. Uh. I the so we were just talking about earlier about the anti-drug stuff like the mm-hmm. speedy getting hooked on heroin and all that shit. Um, right. I remember when he basically Stanley got told by the government and like the Department of Health or whatever. They like they asked him to put like an anti-drug message in the books. And then he came up with that really famous story where Harry Osborne gets addicted to pills after he goes through a breakup. And that story actually ends up later leading to him becoming Hobgoblin, like because of the stuff he did to himself, like guilt and all this weird shit, I think. But but um, the the CCA who give that little stamp because they were like the freaking Nazi party when it came to that. They were like, no, this is too much, which is interesting since they let Speedy inject himself with heroin. But I don't think they, they just didn't like how like maybe I, I think it might have been that was like too relatable, like just taking pills like it wasn't a hard enough drug stance. Like he was just like he's getting addicted to pills and maybe it's like encouraging it. I don't know what the deal was, but they were like, we don't like this. You cannot do it. And Stanley went to his publisher and basically just said, like, we're going to fucking do it. And they ran that line. And it's a very famous Spider-Man comic now. Yeah, I, f- I think I think what ha- ended up happening was like. They just felt like it was too focused on it. And yeah, it like, was like too much. It wasn't just like I think a it, discovery. You're on drugs. We can fix you. It was more like an in-depth look at what drug addiction is. And that's, I think, the the vision that Stanley kind of just has naturally was like he he created a story that was relatable. But like, I think at that time, they may have been like, this is too relatable. Like everyone, like this is too much. It's too loaded. Yeah. But he did it in such a ca- like cavalier, nonchalant way. That was so relatable that everybody could agree with. And I think that um, everyone was, you know, at that time, censorship was very sensitive. Very sensitive. In a different way than it is now. Absolutely. I think everyone was very closed off, whereas now everyone's open and everyone's like, ah, everyone's too open and you can't do this and can't say that. Um, But yeah, no, that's one of the, I think, most sought after one of the most sought after comics. I think that was a, a big deal, but he never ran from it. And I think um, that was a, that was a, a, a big brisk, but he did it. He, he was like, I'm not, I'm not changing this. I think this needs to be done. And he actually talked about it in his late, later in his life, like a couple months ago, did a couple of videos before he, he didn't look that great. I don't know if you saw them. No. Uh, they put out like, he did a video about talking about his fans, um, how much he loved them. He doesn't, he doesn't look spry like he did in Ant Man and the Wasp. I'll say that. Uh, yeah. Chris, what's your favorite cameo hmm. out uh, of all the movies? Is, There's like thirty of them. Crazy because this is a movie that people do not like that much. Um, it is one hundred percent 
the, from the Incredible Hulk. Where he My drinks the favorite uh, one is soda? Where, yeah, because the freaking blood drips off uh, freaking Banner and goes down Edward through the things. Edward Norton's yep. Bruce Banner goes down through, goes in one of those like lime soda, Mexican soda uh, bottles. It gets packaged. You get to see the whole process. And like as it's happening, there's like a news report coming in or like a, a briefing report to military, right. to generals, to striker. And it's like cracks open the bottle and takes a drink. He's like, mm, tastes good or whatever. Then it just freaking like blows. It like doesn't blow him backwards, but he ends up like getting hardcore gamma poison from just that one drop of blood. Right. But I just right. think it's such an interesting camo. And I know it's early on in the movies, obviously, of the whole series. Before the France, before it was what it was. Before yeah. it really was what it was. But I've always, that's the one that always sticks in my mind. Like when I think of a cameo of him, the one that always drops in my mind is that one. And then when he's the security guard after Captain America goes and steals his uniform back in Winter Soldier. And he's like, yeah, I'm so one. fired. But that that's that's my favorite Marvel movie. So it's tough for me to say uh, that one. Um, my favorite cameo is as of later. Um, I don't I don't know if anybody really noticed this, but he as the cameos went on, he got he spoke more. Yes. Um, my favorite one, though, is actually in in spider-man homecoming homecoming i knew it that's such a good one he's talking out the window i think the scene in general is just really good because spider-man is trying to be the a hero and he's like doing too much to be the hero and i think uh that scene is just really funny because obviously there's a guy trying to like locked his keys in the car and then he's like oh trying to steal the car huh and like yeah it's my car man and then like that guy comes out of the shop with like the apron. He's like, "That's not your car. That's his car." And then Stanley's like, "Don't make me come down there." And then like, there's a woman <laughs> pops out. She's like, "Oh, hey, Frank, or whatever his name is." And she's like, "Hey, Martha. Like, how's your mother?" Like, typical New yeah. York. How's stuff. your mother's I, health doing? I freaking yeah. I love, that's a great one too. That is that one definitely stays in my mind. Overall, that scene is great, and I think I just. Having Stan Lee as a neighbor yelling outside the window in the New York fashion, I just thought was was cool. I love that. And the other one, the other one I would say is, uh, ironically, these are both my two the top two Marvel movies for me. But um, is when he's like, I got a package here for Tony Stank. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> and and then uh. Oh, yes. War, War Machine. War Machine's like, thank you for that one. Thank Reservation that for one. two. Tony Stank. <laughs> Tony Stank. <laughs> and he was also an, another one was also I think classic is him playing Hefner. Yes. And, uh, hey Hef, was it the, how's it going? It's the first Iron Man. Iron, first yeah. Iron Man, right? And he plays Larry David, or not Larry David, uh, 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 Larry King later. Larry King. Yeah. 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 Um, and then obviously he became the watch like involved with the watchers, which I was hoping that we'd see that story unfold. Yeah. Um, but he is he is. I believe his cameos are still in um, Captain Marvel, Avengers four, and I even think Spider-Man. So wow. Nice. We'll get him, I believe, all of 2019. Again, I can't be sad. Um, he's done so much as a golden life, and I think if just be nice to people, yeah, I mean, that's be his nice, overall man. message. Man. Live just golden, nice create, encourage others. I mean, that was another thing too. That people create, were saying about man. him. He was not only was he a creator, but he encouraged creators around him. And there's this thing in the creative community where some people get territorial, or they get jealous, or they want to maybe not don't want to con- yeah. give away territory to someone else's ideas. But his thing was always like, let's work together, let's make cool shit. I mean. Brian Michael Bendis had an amazing spot that he wrote about a story of him and Stan Lee about how like he met him and got to spend time with him, how he was so impactful on his life. And like all these people coming out with all these stories about a man who really was just not only genuine, but also wanted to encourage others to make great shit. And that's, I mean, that's the best that you can be in life. And I, he's going to be very much missed. And we are both very grateful for all the things that he gave us. 100%. Uh, Definitely will be missed. Um, however, his inspiration will continue to uh, impact lives for the next hundred years again. Absolutely. Um, very rare, very, very rare legendary person. Um, we don't get uh, someone like this every day. Um, so oh, no. on to cap it off, hug your loved ones. 
Hell yeah. Always try to be better than you were and learn and grow. Funeral arrangements. Sweet Christmas. Have yet to be, uh, have yet to come forth. Um, I was hoping they would kind of do something here in New York. They're definitely going to um, do it in New York. I, I think, Are you going to go? Know, it seems 100%. Um, Hell yeah, that'd be so two. Pe- cool I mean, two, two, ma- two major deaths that stand out in my my lifetime. Michael Jackson. Or actually, or I would say three are are definitely Stan Lee, Michael Jackson, and Tupac. Wow. Not too shabby. I remember exactly where it was on all those three days, but I can't remember what I ate last week. I'll tell you that. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Shows where my priorities are. Gangster rap and comic books. Hey. Air horn! Yay! Yay! Click, 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 click. Gunshot. Ah, oh, Chris, let's wrap up the show. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's wrap it. We're, we're talking forever. You know, if you have your favorite Stanley moment, experience time with him at a Comic-Con, let us know. We, we'll, we'd we love to share it on our show. Hit us up at gmail at g splash bc at gmail.com or on Instagram, g to the splash, or on Facebook, g to the splash. Uh, hope you guys have a fantastic Thanksgiving because we will be back after what? I think two weeks. No, I think it's one week. I think we give. I'm giving Chris a vacation of Woo-hoo-hoo. one week, and I'm bringing him back in. And we'll talk before Christmas. Hell yeah, um, we will. Hope you guys have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Eat all the pie and all the trimmings. Celebrate your favorite comic book characters. Give props to Stan Lee. Salute him. All of that. Chris, you got any last words? No, you said it all, man. I'm excited. Boom, boom. Love y'all. Peace. Bye, everybody.